Blog Talk Radio. It's Wednesday afternoon and we're excited to be on the air. Your hosts for today's show are Robert Brining and Jack McEnroe. They will be taking your calls and speaking out on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That's 347-215-9442. Welcome to Paz IM Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and happy Wednesday. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today for our special show. Our guest today is Clint Walters, who is um, from the U.K., and he runs a program over there called Health Initiatives, and he's going to be talking about what that does and, um, you know, how he helps people living with HIV and AIDS in the U.K. And um, I am now joined by my co-host, Jack McEnroe. Howdy, Jack. Hey, lady. <laughs> I was having trouble dialing through. I don't know why. We need to play the game where, where in the hell is Jack McEnroe? Like, like, where in the world is Mal Hour? Because I, like, do the radio show from the funniest places. Like, right now I'm right outside my tanning salon on the street. So, <laughs> um, what's up? Not that I'm... Uh... Clint is Skyping me right now trying to get in, so I want to uh, chat with him a bit. Do you have anything going on that you could talk about for maybe like a minute or so? so I could- yeah, um, a couple things. Um, uh, well, Fashion Week starts tomorrow, so I'll be like in the immersed, immersed in all that hell. I'm working for a broadcast company that's on the Internet called Fashion News Live. So they'll post, I'm like interviewing designers and models and celebrities, and um, that'll be fun. And then... On the 17th, I go to New Orleans for a Living Positive by Design Merck event, and uh, we're going to speak at a bunch of AIDS service organizations there, and, um, you know, that should be fun, do my usual dog and pony show there. And then, actually, I just found out, and I did the interview yesterday, that um, I'm being considered as, well, I am one of HIV Plus magazine's top 25, I don't really know how they word it, but like most influential gay men working in the HIV community. So I talked all about the radio show and it'll give us a lot of press. So That's good. great because you know what else? What? I'm one of those 25 people too. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So is, um, so is our friend Brian Levinson. That's great. Yeah. And then ironically, ironically, I got a text from Regan Hoffman from Paz Magazine <laughs> the same day. And then she's like, we have to have drinks. I'm like, okay, we'll see about that. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So, so, yeah, it's all good. I think that's awesome. I mean, the more... And I think we should maybe talk about, if we have time, um, the re- kind of how we're going to reformat the show. Yeah, absolutely. And um, maybe kind of do a, a call-out for, um, you know, people to just come on and express their, tell their stories and, um, you know, just from a sort of, they could be anonymous guests or, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, actually, when you sent out that email to that group, I got, I seriously have like 20 emails. Oh, good. <laughs> In my inbox of everybody who wants to... Um, who wants to be on the show? I just haven't got to it yet. I have someone oh, good. on the line here, and I'm really thinking that this may be Clint. I'm not sure okay. if we're going to see who this is. Okay. 
Clint, is that you? Hello? Okay. I guess I guess not. <laughs> but I know I know that he's on because he just IM'd me on Skype, so he will be reaching us. He's just trying to figure out how to do it. It's always hard when it's across across the water. Right, because we weren't part of the time zone differences, and he's five hours ahead of us. So it's really 7.05 there now. I think London, he's in London, right? I think London's actually six hours ahead. Well, yeah, well, I know he's... he's yeah, but anyway, um, no, because I remember he called in before, right? And he just, uh, like, talk, and there was a big delay, and it was kind of a technical clusterfuck. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So back to the HIV plus thing, they're doing a photo shoot. Um, are you going to be a part of that? Like, I will you know? be a part of the photo shoot, which probably means I didn't make it to the top ten. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't. Th- I I would be surprised if they're numbering them because that's kind of tacky. Like, you know what I mean? Like to be like, oh, he's more important than him. Like, I would just I would just assume it's just such a little brief blurb on the the twenty five people. I wouldn't. I would. I'd, I would hope they're not saying this one's number one, like, because yeah, I, so, I wouldn't think so. But I wouldn't be so, when they let me know what the shoot date is, because it's a group shoot. It's for they're doing one in LA and they're doing one in New York. If you can take the train in or whatever, I'm sure they'll include you. I would do it, but I, I don't know if that's what um, if um, if they're only doing certain people as the photo shoot because he asked me if I had um, you know professional photos that were done that I could send to him. Well, maybe they just don't, maybe they just don't know that you're like kind of close to New York. So anyway, um, but I was excited when he called and actually emailed me and um, asked me to participate. I was like excited. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, yeah, and I think with the re basically to anyone who's listening, um, the our our concept was. Instead of trying to, like, have Robert wrangle all these guests all the time and have it be difficult and have people, you know, it, it can be problematic, especially if a guest has trouble getting through, like today, or just doesn't call at all, we thought we would break the show down. So Jeremy, myself, and Robert would all be on together once a week on the, at the Sunday hour at 9 p.m. Eastern time, and we would break the show up into three sections where we would have the guest caller call in for the first third, then have a kind of just roundtable discussion between the three of us on a particular topic, and then go to, like, your sort of I am the face of HIV man on the street guy, just having a person, anonymous or otherwise, call in and maybe just, maybe have something to talk about specifically, maybe just talk about the topic, maybe just tell their story of coming out as HIV positive or any issue that, you know, may be interesting to viewers. So I think that'll, that'll make the pace of the show more digestible, and um, I'm looking forward to it. So. Yeah, I think it'll be more structured, and I think that's kind of what we, uh, we kind of needed. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? My concern is with the, uh, with the hour, um, I know the hour now when me and Jeremy do it, and even when, when we're doing it, that sometimes we, guess we, we talk over each other. Right. So um, I guess we could test it out and see how it goes. And if worse comes to worse, we can kind of um, try to set it up so we, you know, bounce off each other correctly. I have that 618 area code back on, so I'm going to try to bring them back on and see if that's Clint. Let's see. Okay. Clint, is that you? Hello, hey, you talking to me? Yeah, who's this? You talking to me? Yeah, oh, this is Henry. 
Hey, Henry. Hi, Henry. Are you just listening? I'm just. Yeah, I'm just waiting to see uh, if they're coming or not. Whoever it is, it's scheduled. Yes, Clint's coming. He's calling in from the UK using Skype, and it's not the easiest thing for him to learn. So um, I'll leave you on okay. hold. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm listening. Okay. Excellent. Okay, yeah, Henry was on our show. Uh, I think last month. What's his story? Not that I don't listen to all of them religiously. Um, he, uh, oh, Clint, I see him. He's here. Amen. Clint <laughs> Walker, welcome to Paz Radio. Uh-oh. Right. That's not good. <laughs> I don't hear. Clint, try calling back in, and when you call back in, lower your speakers. Yeah. See, I I just have I'm scared that that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I know. Cause skyping a lot of times, even I've been skyping with a friend of mine who's in Australia, and like sometimes there's just the tiniest delay, and in radio that can really fuck everything up. But um, <laughs> it's funny because it's fashion. It's so funny. Fashion week starts tomorrow, so. I'm downtown right now, and there are models everywhere. <laughs> I got in the subway, and there's, like, six girls that are six feet tall, and, like, they're all carrying their portfolios, and it's so funny. It's just like a model fest. <laughs> there were some really hot guys in my gym, too. <laughs> I mean, they're, 20, they're, like, 20 years old, but I'm, like, I'm a lecherous old man at this point, but I don't care. I can still look. <laughs> See, that's, what was I going to ask you? Um, is that uh, Positively Aware magazine? Is that a new cover? A new magazine? That's yeah, yeah, it just came out. Yeah, I'm on the right. I'm on the cover of Positively Aware, which I think is 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 it Chicago based or is it Philly based? I think it's Chicago. Yeah, I believe it's Chicago too because um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I was very happy with it, and the, they did a really good job of the article. Um, I can't wait to read it. Yeah, it's cute. So, um, I think you can go probably go online to Positively Aware, and I, I was gonna blog about it, and uh, just I have a PDF, so I was gonna post a PDF to my website and then put it on my Facebook page. So I'll try to send it to you, so you can put it on the Pause site if you want. Yeah, that'd be great. I actually just put your great widget on the site too. I know it's turned out cute, right? Yeah, it's really cute. Which is so funny because we we shot that. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, I did a widget for Living Positive by Design, which is on livingpositivebydesign.com. It's also now on the Pause.im site and it's on the Sin Men site. And um, but it's funny, TV the TV and video world is so funny because we shot for I think at least two full days and. The widget is like, I think it's three minutes, you know, and it's like our, the interviews got edited down to, um, we spoke with a doctor, we spoke with um, this uh, commissioner of the city of Chicago that's um, working in the HIV field, and we talked about the issues on HIV in Chicago, and then we talked about um, Sweet Misgivings Bakery, which is this really amazing bakery that employs people with AIDS and homeless people and um, all the money goes, all the profits go back to different AIDS organizations and it was great and it was funny because my, you know, the people that I work with at Merck usually totally do their homework and know everything about everyone that we interview so there's no surprises 
And as we were talking to the commissioner, I, I can't remember what his official title was, which I apologize for. I should know that. But um, he just busted out and said, oh, I've been HIV positive for 23 years. And they were like, what? Like, yeah, it's not included in the widget, but he was like, yeah, totally open about it. He's like, yeah, I've been totally been positive for 23 years and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, oh, that's cool. Well, there we go. I have Clint sitting here, so let's see if this connection is better. Clint, are you there? Clint, Clint you, you need to find a landline. Turn that off. <laughs> Yeah, Robert, I don't think it's going to work. We can hear you, but it's really choppy and fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, I... Yeah, I mean, I had a feeling that might happen. Um... Is he in the chat room, or can you can you message him to see if he can find a landline? I mean, I know it probably cost him like a fortune to call, but Skype is obviously not working. Yeah, that uh, I think something blocked over radio has to work on. Damn, I was really hoping to get him on today because I know he borrowed a computer to uh, do this because last time he didn't have a computer, so there was no right. issue. Um, Yes, yeah, so for some reason Skype and radio, like internet radio, don't aren't aren't a great marriage. I mean, cell phones are bad enough. Half the time, you know, you drop calls and trying to patch people in and all that. So okay, I think I have him here. Let's see this. Let's see here, because this is, looks like a landline for him. If I could get him on the air. Why won't it let me flick him? <laughs> this damn switchboard. <laughs> I don't understand. Clint, are you there? I'm here. Are you there? Oh, welcome, Clint. <laughs> yeah. Hey. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Excellent. Yeah, before you oh. kind of sound, you sounded like, oh, I, uh, 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 that's all we could hear. So oh, it wasn't, no, it was, like that. <laughs> and I knew that wasn't just your accent, so. <laughs> <laughs> now you can hear it better. Yeah, now you sound fabulous. So it's Jack, it's, um, Jack there as well? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, good man. How you been? Hey. <laughs> I miss you, I miss you lot. On the conversation, and apparently you were naked, and I was really gutted. Say what? <laughs> Say that again. I missed you last time, and I heard that you were like waiting for some someone to fix. You had electricity or water, and you were like half naked, and I was oh my god, I can't believe I missed this interview. <laughs> Really? I don't. I, I, I don't know anything about you're talking about. <laughs> it's all, deny, it's all deny, 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 deny. <laughs> so how's everything been? Really great, really great. How about you, Clay? Cool. Tell us a little bit, um, a little bit of a back history, because I know, um, you know, for people who don't know about you, I want them to learn about what you're doing over in the UK, because you're doing amazing things over there. But me and you actually met through Hope's Voice 
um, you know, and Todd Murray and the Does HIV Todd Murray, Sex yeah. campaign. So how did yeah. you get involved with that? Um, yeah, no, it was a brilliant campaign. It was something, you know, that I found inspiring because I think back in England, you know, we don't have, you know, we're starting to get more young people who are positive that are confident that are willing to talk about their status. So when I saw this campaign, I thought this is a great opportunity to sort of put a different message out there than what's been happening before. Um, but I've met Todd through conferences, um, events. He was in Amsterdam, and um, you know, everybody kind of knows everybody in the sector. It's quite small. So, um, yeah, he's an amazing guy. He's done great work, and we're hopefully going to do some more work in the future. Absolutely. I love the accent. <laughs> I, love I feel like, I feel like a, I'm talking to, like, David Beckham with that accent or something. <laughs> My hair is short enough to be David Beckham. It's really, really short now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But so, I, miss, um, I, do miss, I do miss the American accent. I mean, I spent a year in America, and I think that's what gave me the confidence to kind of deal with my own diagnosis because Americans are more, let's sit down, let's talk about it, um, group hug. Is it that much different in the UK? You think it is? I think it's getting better now. I mean, it's been a long time. I mean, I was diagnosed when I was 17, so I was really young. Um, I'm now an old man at 30. So, you know, healthier than ever. So I'm really, really, really lucky. Um, but yeah, no, I think it has changed. I mean, from when I was diagnosed in 97, it's like night and day to get a diagnosis today. If someone gets a diagnosis today, your prognosis is a hundred times better than what it was 10 years oh, yeah. ago. Well, please, I was diagnosed in 89, so I was fucked. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. God, really dark back then. Yeah. Really no, yeah. scary. I, I thought I'd be dead in like five years, so. But I'm not. Wow. <laughs> You're doing amazing. Well done. Thank you. Well, tell, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, you said you were diagnosed at 17. Um, what was that like for you, you know, when you were diagnosed? I know your mother was with you, right? Oh, you're breaking up a little bit, but I think I got that. Um, can you hear me okay? Yeah. yeah, you sound fine. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's like anybody who's young at that point big major life event it's going to be difficult um it's not something you kind of think about you just kind of get on and you cope with it or you deal with it um it was i mean i think you know at that age i was still coming to my sexuality my parents didn't know i was gay um it was difficult times so i was figuring out what the hell am i going to do with the rest of my life what do i well you know where do i want to go um so it's, it's of course any teenage years are difficult for anybody Chucking HIV, I think it compounds it even more. Um, makes it harder to perhaps be confident around dating or relationships and negotiating who you are and what you want. Um, that I found really difficult. I mean, I sort of didn't have any relationship at all until I went to San Francisco when I was 19. So I never thought I'd have sex again at 17. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> no one's going to like me. Um, and then you grow up and you sort of realize, actually, there are quite a lot of people out there with HIV, and it's more your own issues that you have to deal with first. And it can, be, right. it, can make you a, it can make you a better person. I think it's how you view it, your perception, your outlook. That's the defining factor. HIV and AIDS, it can make or break you, but it's how you um, respond to it. That's where you get your power back.
And I know it's a lot of the people on this show, that's what the theme is of the message. That's what I find inspiring for hearing other people's stories. How do you cope? How do you live? What makes you stronger? They're important messages to get out. Well, and I think that's a really good point that, I mean, time and time again we hear, especially newly diagnosed people that are like, you know, I'm now I'm tainted goods, I'm unlovable, no one's going to want to have sex with me. I'm like, I mean, first of all, there's a whole group of people even that are negative that it's not an issue. I mean, you know, you're always going to have yeah. that issue regardless. There are going to be some people that, like, will not date an HIV positive person. That's fine. I won't date a smoker. Whatever. You know, I mean, we all have our things. Well, we all have our things, you know, and you just have to get over it. And plus there's a whole, you know, a whole entire population of HIV positive guys that, you know, people don't know really exist because of the stigma and that no one talks about it. But like once you kind of tap into that, you realize, especially I find the more honest you are about your own status, the more other people are willing to share their status. So. True, very true, and, and I think if you have an issue with it, then other people will pick up on that. But I also, for me, I mean, I never really—I thought it was just because of the experience of America and you know, deaning and being so open about my status. I felt I'm quite together. I'm quite sorted on HIV. It's not the defining factor in my life. But if I'm dating somebody who has an issue with my status, I find that can bring out insecurities or. You know, I know in the back of my head they're not worth knowing. The, you know, you run through all of trying to understand why, and you realize it's ignorance or it's lack of information. But other people can sometimes compound the problem or make you feel insecure, which can be harder to sort of bounce back from unless you're really strong. Right. Well, but I, mean, I quit. Oh, by the way, I quit smoking a week ago. As I said that, I thought to myself, most British people I know smoke. Hmm. Um, I just but, think. Uh, <laughs> you know what? They're, they're, like, just to play devil's advocate for a second, my my therapist answer, their like response to that would be like, nobody can actually make you feel a certain way. They can act a certain way towards you, and then your response to that can be like self-doubt or whatever, but yeah. no one really makes you feel that. Like, if you're confident enough and someone has an issue with you being HIV positive, you just say, you know, well, fuck off. Like, it's not changing anytime soon. Yeah. So, you know, if, if that's, that's, your not, that's your problem, not mine. I think now I've hit 30. That's something where I'm at now. It's like I'm not willing to be insecure. I'm not willing to have issues. I'm like, oh, sorry. I, I think that's right. where I am. You know, bloody hell, Clint, you've progressed to age within six months. So my prognosis back in 97 was not good. You know, they were talking to me, what do you want to do with your life now? And I went on to AIDS within a few months. You know, I had PCP, pneumonia, CMV, all the opportunistic infections. Had so much HIV in my body, um, I couldn't even, you know, my body was packing up, I couldn't even piss. So... You know, I've kind of seen the brunt of it. And I guess when you, you're somebody who's seen the full impact of what it can physically do to yourself, that makes it harder um, to perhaps sort of see, what am I, you know, where am I going to be in 10 years? Am I going to see 30? I never took that for granted, ever. Now healthy, I've got a CD4 count of like over 1,000. Doctors are, you know, like, what are you doing? I'm like, I think it's all power of the mind. It's all how you view it 
99% of it is all in the mind. So I think that's, you're, you're right, it is how you view relationships, HIV, medications, it's the whole package. Right. Now, in, in 99, you started an organization um, called Health Initiative, or HI. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and, and why you started it? Sure. Um, I think it, it was all by chance, really. I just I was in America, and I volunteered at, like, Hi-Fi, San Francisco, Dimensions, um, Bay Pods. There was just, like, so many different agencies and projects that I just absorbed and just took in. I was working Monday to Friday. I was working at clinics on the weekend. I did clinics in the evening. I just took in as much as possible and then was relaying this information back to friends in England. And they were like, oh, you should be writing this down. And then through that point, we some, I somehow started creating like a business plan. Um, it wasn't like I'm going to set up a charity. It just kind of happened. Um, and there was no real need for... Um, there was, sorry, there was no need for a project. When I was diagnosed, there just was nothing. You know, there was very little awareness. I was in shock when I went to my first, like, speaking engagement. I saw kids in America who were younger than me talking about HIV because I'd always been the youngest one, you know, that would be doing that type of work. So it was, that's how it kind of progressed. And then we started doing peer support, free phone helpline, meeting up with positive kids. We had support groups. It was all very grassroots, quite small. Um, we expanded to sort of doing more campaign work and working internationally with like UNN, uh, UNAID, sorry. Um, loads of different projects. I can't even keep track of how many we've done. Um, and then through that point, the last four or five years, I've been working towards setting up a clinic. <coughs> and that's been... Um, probably one of the hardest things I've ever done just because oh god this is going to be tricky to talk about now um, <laughs> 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 it's really, no, it's really it's, I, I think you know Robert knows that I've been a bit of a crossroads recently with the project the clinic I'm getting older now I want to kind of pass on the agency to the next generation um, but I'm also really mindful of the charity sector and a kind of disillusioned, I guess, a bit. A lot of promises have been made from funders and backers, and it's just not materialized. Um, so you kind of have to face reality and sort of realize maybe there's another way in which I can achieve these goals, perhaps not the way I initially set it up. Um, but I can forward at the moment if we just don't have the money um we i've now taken on a role at national health service um where we are monitoring and evaluating and supporting about 17 18 19 charities hiv charities across london so from not being able to set up one clinic i'm somehow managed to be supporting 19 others so i must be doing something right <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, this, this is sort of off topic a little bit, but I just started reading a book, and then I actually had to stop reading it because it was depressing. But um, there's a book called um, Uncharitable, and it's by the guy. It's by the guy who um, started the AIDS ride here in the U.S. And he also did a, a he made millions of dollars doing for these various charities and um, some some I think a breast cancer one. I can't even remember, but. He basically talks about that, like what you just kind of mentioned, is that 
the the world of charity because of the non because of all the rules inflicted on the nonprofit sector. There's all these things that prohibit you from actually making money in a capitalist system, and it's like really difficult to be successful because everyone thinks that you shouldn't be taking a salary and you should be donating all your proceeds back to you know the charity and um, it was, it's, if you should pick it up. I recommend, I recommend it, especially since you're doing all this work. It's really interesting because he's like, oh, he's like be, I, definitely. He, he ran the AIDS ride like, uh, you know, like a capitalist, like a company, like a, you know, a, like a regular company. Yep. And he made in return, as a result, he made a ton of money for various charities, but he got a lot of flack because he also, I think he salaried himself like a million dollars. He's like, well, you know what, Whoa. if you pay people, <laughs> that are worth it, you're going to get better people, you know, and that's just the way it goes, but. I, I, kind of, I kind of understand that, but, I mean, that's kind of one of the issues I find quite difficult when you look at charities in England. Um, you know, these are, you know, funded by the public or they rely on donations. A lot of them have massive grants from either Department of Health or Independent Trust. And you know the executive directors are earning sixty, seventy, eighty k a year. Um, I don't think that's ethically, in my book, right. I don't agree with that. It's not a charity; it's a business. A lot of charities are businesses. Um, a lot of them are struggling just to get and rely, like I did, on um, a number of volunteers. I have like a small circle of friends that financially have been my godsend, my angels, I call them. Um, who protected me? There's a cut. There's one individual, you know, in particular who I just perhaps wouldn't even be here now if it wasn't for his support. Because you know, you work in the charity sector, you give, you give, you give, um, and sometimes you, you know, you need to have something to kind of fall back on, somebody backing you up and helping you get by. You know, the sort of day-to-day living. Um, I'm in a really good position now. I've got the best friends in the world. I've always said that. Um, you know, Michelle, who I'm with now, she's one who's helping me try and talk to you guys just because I have no computer at the moment. You know, my computer suddenly crashed at home, so I've come all the way to Mill Hill East. So I, I can at least not miss this interview. <laughs> yeah, when you sent me that, when you sent that message on Facebook telling me you were on the train, you're like, I'm almost there. <laughs> I thought I've got to. I cannot. I cannot let you down. I just couldn't because I really admire what you've done. I think it's such a good platform for reaching out to young people um, who have just found their status. It's what's needed, and anybody can hear this or download it at some point and get some information and realize. You know, like me when I was 17, you didn't really know somebody who was 15 years older or positive had been through the same stuff. Now it's a completely different story. You know, it's, it's like I say, it's like night and day. It's incredible. And I think that, you know, that's what people need to hear because a lot of people don't know that. They don't know somebody who's positive. They're living in their the world or in the They're not in a big city like London like I am now. Well, um, you know what? I, I, I want to chime in for one second because I was just on Fire Island over the weekend, which is, I don't know if you know Fire Island, but it's like a big gay island, basically. And I went out with a friend, and um, and he met a bunch of friends there. And these are all well-educated gay guys. Like you think they, you know, they're mostly from New York surrounding areas. And one of them whispered to him, and he in turn told me, he's like, "Do you know that guy's HIV positive?" 
like, you know, and I was like, are you fucking serious? Like, in 2009, on yeah. in the middle of Fire Island, I'm like, 30 to 40% of the guys on this dance floor are HIV positive. Like, yeah. is this is still newsworthy? I'm like, are you, you're whispering this to someone? I was like, that's that's idiotic, you know, so. Crazy, yeah. And of all it people, they were really whispering crazy. it to you. Say what? They were whispering this to you, Jack? No, they were whispering it to my friend because oh. actually they they thought we were together, like dating, which we weren't. But but he was like, you know, we should be careful because you know he's HIV positive. And and I'm like, well, first of all, it's none of your goddamn business. But also, like, so what? Like, you know, we're all adults here, and I don't know. And it's it just goes it goes to show that there's still a lot of stigma when in the gayest island in the world, besides maybe like Mykonos. <laughs> Um, people are still whispering about HIV, and I'm like, you know, I have three friends standing around me that are all HIV positive. It's like, it's just, yeah. it's very telling. It's just very telling. I mean, I think that's the, that is the problem today. Is there's still so much stigma? I mean, being I've been single for a while and dating, I guess you'd call it. But um, you know, some of the guys I've met, you just seen they tick all the boxes. They're lawyers. They're you know got good jobs. They come from an educated background. They have zero knowledge of HIV or even of somebody in their circle that's divulged that information to them. That's really scary, like you said, in today's society, we all know somebody or we do, they just haven't told us. Right. Um, but you know, you know, but the amount of guys that even when they know I mean, I've had the I talk about it because I think it's important and this needs to be said. You know, the number of guys that are shocked when I you know, even it's the first night of meeting them or we're just talking, I'm very open. I don't kind of always tell people the first night, but if I'm going to be sexually active, then I'm getting, I feel they have a right to know. Um, they, they, their usual response is like, oh my God, no one's ever said this to me. There must be positive people out there. And I'm like, yeah, of course they are. They just don't know. Or they're the one third of people who haven't been tested but are carrying the virus. So that's, to me, really, really, really scary. And even when they have that bit of information, there was one guy I met who from a European country, I won't say which, <laughs> wants to protect some privacy. <laughs> but yeah, even when he knew my status, he still wanted me to fuck him without a condom. And that's the sex that he preferred. Um, there's guys out there that just don't want to use condoms, even when they know your status. And I'm just like, oh my God, you are crazy. There's no way anything can happen. It's, you know, no matter what feelings you develop for a person, if someone's willing to put their life in danger, and I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy, it's it's crazy. It's really quite fucked up. When you're positive, and this is, the, this is the issues you have to deal with. You have to deal with a lot of crazy people out there who, you know, know of your status, but still don't have a real understanding of what it really means. Well, I think and another, like, to relate to that point is I've had so many people tell me, like, when I said, oh, by the way, I'm HIV positive, or now basically everyone in the U.S. knows about me. But, um, but you <laughs> You're know, hard to miss. I've, I've said, you know, by the way, I'm HIV positive, and, and I've had people say, oh, I've never slept with someone who's HIV positive. And I was like, okay, well, statistically, have you slept with more than 10 people? And then they're like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, well, you've slept with someone who's HIV positive. You just don't know it. So, exactly. I mean, 
you know, it's like that's why everyone should know everything there is to know about HIV and how you get it and how you protect yourself because, you know, odds are, you know, if you're sport fucking or, you know, having more than a monogamous relationship with someone who may or may not even be telling the truth about their status unless you really, really know the person, um, you know, you should always be concerned about it because it's, it's an issue whether you think it is or not. See, there was a guy recently that um, I've spoken to who's just found out he's HIV positive. And, you know, a lot of my friends will kind of sort of go, you must meet up with Clint, you must speak to Clint, um, which is great because, you know, that's what I feel my role is now is to sort of help in whatever way that is um, and give my sort of 10 cents for whatever it's worth. But listening to his viewpoint, he was like, well, you know, I asked him, how's dating going? Are you, are you tanning people? Have you got any partners? You can let them know your status. He's like, oh, no, I just tan them. I don't know. And I'm like, you've just defeated the whole object of why you got tested in the first place. You know, why are you putting – you're now positive because somebody didn't tell you, and you're now going out there possibly doing this to other people. When are you, you, know, when are you going to wake up? When are you going to sort of look at your own life, take stock and realize, hang on a minute, I need to be accountable for something here, and I need to try and look out for – the community or the, your fellow man, you know, whatever you want to call it, there seems to be a real lack of that. And I understand it as well. I'm not sitting here going, I'm super confident, I can deal with, with it always. When you really love someone or you care for them and, you know, you, you want it to develop further, you know, you don't always want to, oh, I, you know, you, you don't want to mess it up, the relationship. You don't always want to wear your heart on your sleeve and, Sometimes I feel like, why am I sharing everything that is about me? You're not telling me what STIs you've been tested for <laughs> or yeah, what you've know, had in the past. That's all, you know, that's, it's great to, like, have this perfect concept of what the relationship is, but it's not real unless someone knows everything about you or, you know, one can never know everything about you. But, like, and, until you divulge the deep details of your life, it's not a real relationship. You're making up something in your head that you want to happen. So, and I always, to relate back to what you just said, I always try to remind people that are like, I want to tell people, and yeah, it is hard, and I'm not saying that it's not hard, but like you said, think of the greater good that you're doing for the community, because you may be telling one uneducated person who will tell, in turn, maybe three people who be like, you know, I mean, the more honest one person is, they have a voice, and that will, like, chip away at the stigma for everyone. So, I, I mean, true. I just advocate honesty. Yeah. If someone shuns you, and, you know, and that will happen, but, you know, it's, it, you're, you know it's not, it wasn't meant to be anyways. It wasn't going to happen because eventually they're, they're going to find out and it's just going to be messy and, you know. Yeah, so. yeah of course. Yeah, you're right. You're spot on. I have a caller here online. I'm going to bring them on uh, to speak with you, Clint. Very cool. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Oh, me? It's Nate. I'm calling from hey, Fort Lauderdale. I'm good. Um, first of all, I just want to mention something. I live in Fort Lauderdale, and you can be rejected for wearing the wrong shoes, driving the wrong car, living west of I-95. <laughs> so, I don't, you know, HIV is kind of like down on the list of, you know, the way people reject you or age. <laughs> I'm, you know, I've just said my, Damn, I've just that's what I've been going wrong. I that's never right, your shoes. shoes. It was your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the shirt. Could be the shirt I'm wearing. 
Well, first of all, I wanted to thank you for all the work you've done. It sounds like you've just done an incredible job and you're so motivated and stuff. One of the things I just wanted to bring up was about uh, education. Um, I run an HIV support group with some other people at the Gay and Lesbian Community Center down here. I'm very out and open. And I'm always shocked at 20-somethings and, and young people that have become HIV positive or that call and ask or contact me about questions. And then all of a sudden it hits me that we've had eight years in this country where uh, you couldn't say the word masturbate, HIV, homosexual, gay, uh, couldn't give out condoms in the, in the public schools. So there's like this eight-year gap of kids that were in school at a very, very impressionable time where there was no education at their most, you know, most absorbable time during the day when they're in school. And, and the rest of the gay community, I think, has kind of dropped the ball. I mean, I think we've, just, we've been around this for 25 years. We've condom, condom, condom. But we don't really – we've never – we've kind of, you know, let up on the, on the basics of education. You know, what, you know, what's safe, what's not safer, excuse me, safer sex, not safe. So that's all I wanted to say is that, is that in, and you talked about a friend from another country, you don't know what his sex education uh, was like, you know, where, what kind of oppressive or suppressive. Uh, so, you know, when you're in the United States, we've had this, this horrible eight years where federal money couldn't go to any school that gave out condoms, that did, that said the word homosexual, that said the word, you know, uh, masturbation or any of that stuff. So, you know, that you have to remember those, there's like a whole generation almost, eight years is a generation of uh, people out there that were 13, 14, 15 who are now in their uh, mid-20s that had no sex ed. I know that's scary. You are, you are right, but I mean, this particular guy I was talking about, he was 41, and uh-huh. I think that's what shocked me even more because I was like, oh, my God, this, uh-huh. isn't, this is someone who's been around. He must right. have friends. He's told me he's got right. friends that are positive. Right. Why the hell would you even leave yourself susceptible to possibly catching no something from me? And the fact that he hasn't got it from me with that attitude, he's going to catch it anyway at some point. Had he been tested or is he one of those people that are in denial? He has, he has been tested routinely, but it's just, I think I'm, it's a running joke amongst all my friends that I always seem to attract the nutters and the crazy people. So I think <laughs> no, that no, no, probably got I mean, more to do with do. it. <laughs> right? Like there's more, there's more freaking crazy people out there than the normal ones. So don't think you're not alone. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to thank you and, and you're doing a great job. I, I love your website. Thank you just so much. Thank You're you. Welcome. The website really needs revamping. It's so out of date, but thank you for the call. I really appreciate that. No, it's great. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks, Nate. Bye-bye. Bye. And for people who don't know, Nate was actually just on the show uh, this past Sunday, and he um, came on and spoke about the HIV cruises that he runs. He runs one for gay men, and then there's also one that I believe he does do work with for heterosexual people as well, So just so you all know about him. Brilliant, brilliant. What, whatever happened to Kenji as well? Um, Kenji, actually, today I spoke to him before the radio show, and he is doing outreaches today. So he said oh. he's going to miss the show, and he's really upset because he wanted to hear you, but he said he will listen to the archive. I will make sure I call him. I need to speak to him because I, I was really gutted when he called into the radio, sh- radio show before. I was like, I cannot believe I've missed talking to it. I was, I was so angry at myself for like a week after that. How can you mix up days? We covered it. You know that time was so difficult because it was at a point where you know the charity was financially just rock bottom and it's somehow still just going. I don't know for how much longer I can keep it going. 
Um, you know, but now I've taken on this role at Pan London HIV Prevention Program. Um, that's kind of given me a new channel of energy to sort of focus on, um, and hopefully I can have more of an impact through that than perhaps just plugging away at a dream which I seem to still I still believe in today. Um, I just need to win a lottery. <laughs> I'll be okay. <laughs> I just want to send a reminder out to people who may be listening and not in the chat room. You can join the chat room at blog talk radio backslash pause I am and listen um, with other people. And you can also give us a call at 347-215-9442 and speak to Clint. Um, Clint, when you were diagnosed, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I did read this, um, that your mother was actually in the room with you when this happened, right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, it was, um, it was completely out of the blue. And, you know, because of the age I was at, and no, even the doctors thought, you know, this was possibly cancer. That's why I have a little scar on my neck as well, uh, which isn't a love bite, as many people ask me. Um, <laughs> and it's just to take out one of the glands for a biopsy. Um, and then, I mean, in hindsight, look, if it was cancer, I would have been dead in a year because it would have been my, in my lymphatic system. So my chance of survival would have been even less. Um, yeah, but my mum was born here because I never suspected, for, you know, I'd only been in one one relationship and met another partner directly afterwards. Um, doctors didn't know that I was gay, but they knew I'd only had one, one, two sexual experiences. So they, they even said to me, don't worry about it. We won't put you through counseling. We just want to, you know, run the test to say you haven't got it. So it's off our list of possible illnesses of what's wrong with you. Um, and yeah, my mum was just sitting there and it was, I was told to come back into the hospital. They didn't tell me the results were in to even prepare me. It was like, no, we're sorry, you just need more blood work done. So I just went straight in. My mum was with me, sat me down, and, you know, I just dealt with my mum's reaction, which was just devastation for any parent. And how did she, how is she now with everything? Is she, like, very supportive with you? Um, my mum's just left the country now. <laughs> um, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. My mum's amazing. She's brilliant. She's so supportive and proud of what I've done. Um, and um, I can hear there's a lot of noise there. Can you hear? I know. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking. I'm on the street, and there's like a million. I was in the back of a parking lot, and they kicked me out. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing in the bathroom? <laughs> Leave it alone. Oh, yeah. I say we're having a work conversation here. It's just not one of those type of conversations. <laughs> so Jack likes to host the show from various places around the world. <laughs> yeah. What would your boyfriend say? <laughs> well, I, I'm single. I've been single for five and a half years. And my boyfriend, even if I have one, he can fuck off. I don't. I don't report anyone. <laughs> oh, 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 you're hot, man. <laughs> That's why I'm single. <laughs> I have, a, oh, I, have a question. I have a question here in the chat room. It's a little bit off subject, but I thought I would ask anyway. It says, okay. uh, do you have any comments about the implications of the healthcare debate or for those who need testing or treatment? Oh, so you, can you say that again, please? Yeah, I think that's um, talking about in the United States. Uh, any comments about the implications of healthcare debate? Okay. In the like, yeah, that's more in the United States. Uh, Jack, do you have any comments on that? You know, I, I haven't I've been home enough to follow. I mean, I know I do hear rumblings that, like, you know, everyone's opposed to Obama's universal health care plan now, which I don't – I just am not educated enough to speak on the subject just because 
I hate all those um, government shows where they just have pundits on both sides that just argue about the Republicans clearly have one point of view and the Democrats clearly have another one, and they just babble on about nothing. So mm-hmm. it just makes me pissed off, so I don't watch it. <laughs> I mean, I just think my, my simple answer to that is it works in Canada. Right. I mean, I know I have Canadian cousins. My my uncle is a doctor in Canada, and it works in Canada. It's socialized medicine. It's not that difficult, but we have to overcome all the big businesses of insurance and, you know, all those people that are making millions and millions of dollars off of, you know, privatized healthcare. So, you know, I think we should have socialized healthcare to be a, a right, not a privilege. Because I don't have healthcare. So that is what Obama's pledge, isn't it, in his election campaign, there will be universal healthcare. I, yeah, I remember that to, being... He's trying, he's trying to push it through, but now he's just running into all these people that are fighting him. And it's hard, you know, it's a big bureaucracy full of Crap. So, I, I have know. another call. I know, I, and I know, I know a lot of funding for HIV charities or organisations in the US has been pulled. Um, right. Quite a lot of projects are suffering. I think with the economic crisis that we've now all gone through, I think that that's made it a lot harder for the charities. I'm not sure what your experience is over there. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's everybody's sort of out the pinch. I have another caller on the air. Caller, who's this? Hey, it's Daddy Dab down in Jacksonville, Florida. How's everyone doing? Hey, Dad. Hey. <laughs> it, Good man. Great to, it is great to hear you, Clint, and thank you so much for you do. Um, uh, it, uh, being an advocate myself and running an organization, I know how hard it is to raise funds. Um, y'all yep. were just touching on what's going on in our country. Um, unfortunately, um, as you were saying, Jack, when you listen to these programs, you do hear the two sides, and mainly it just confuses people. One thing that people don't realize is we already have socialized medicine in our country. It's called the Veterans Administration, Medicare, and Medicaid. So when I hear people saying they don't want socialized medicine, (laughs) we already have it. Right. the problem is there's 43 million Americans that aren't covered under those programs. Right. And I would like to reiterate to people, if they have forgotten, Ryan White funding has still not been extended. It expires on September 30th. Even if your state has funding on October the 1st, if it doesn't get extended, they can't process the payments. So this Friday on 9-11, we're trying to get everyone to call Secretary of Health Kathleen Sebelius. Her number is area code 202-690-7000. And to also call your members of Congress, their number is 202-224-3121. And ask them to please extend Ryan White funding. Can you because, briefly explain? You seem very educated on this. What, what, can you explain the Ryan White funding, what that is and what that does? Uh, Ryan White has several, several programs. It has ADAP, which helps pay for financially challenged Americans to get which their HIV medications. Right. Yes, uh, over 560,000 people with HIV in our country access medications through ADAP. 
There's also HOPLA that helps pay for housing and utilities. There's the IACP program that helps pay for insurance if you can't afford your insurance. So being one of the many who originally fought for Ryan White funding in the 80s, unfortunately so many in our community don't even know that the funding's expiring. So we need everyone to call this Friday so we can get their attention because there's actually more calls going on against our funding. And we're wow. actually going to cover that next week, Jack, when you're um, away doing your fashion week. Uh, Dab's actually <laughs> going to sit in and co-host uh, oh, for you, and we're going to do a whole show on Ryan White funding and the importance of, you know, getting that extended and, and, and not to have those funds cut. So that'll be a great show next week with Dab. Yeah, and if, if someone doesn't know who their elected officials are, they can go to www.votesmart.org. And you just type in your address, and it'll give you a list of your representatives. Cool. There we go. Sounds good. Do you have uh, another comment for uh, Clint, Dad? I, I wish you continued success in raising funding. I know how hard it is, but don't give up the fight. Thank you, Cause man. Because it, it takes all of us in every country to make a difference. That's right. Oh, y'all Thank you. Keep and up the great take, work. Thank you. You too, Clint. And y'all take care and have a great day. All right, guys. Thank I'm you. That's brilliant. I did access as well, just following on um, Medicare um, when I was over in America because, you know, again, I needed to start treatment because I was progressing quite rapidly. Um, and Medicare saved my life, but it was only because I could go on to a drugs trial, basically be a guinea pig, have loads of spinal taps, put myself up to medical research. Oh. I had a final time those sucked. They're great fun. <laughs> I had like a whole series, but it, it was what enabled me to get the drugs. I wouldn't have got them any other way. So at least you have that option right. and that facility available there, which some countries they don't. Well, that's great. We actually are down to the, like the last five minutes here, uh, Clint. So is there anything that we didn't get out that you wanted to talk about? I know uh, we mentioned your website, and I put it in the chat room. It's healthinitiatives.org. Um, how can people help? Is there, there They can donate there if they want, right, at, on your website? It's really difficult at the moment because okay. um, I'm, I think that's part of the problem is that I've not been sort of advocating to raise funds or create a web page, um, you know, on Facebook or trying to – you know, I just feel very kind of there has to be another way in order for me to do this. And I can't do it without 60K, 70K funding, um, realistically. Um, so at the moment, you know, I mean, add me on Facebook. You know, I'll keep you updated once I make some personal progress myself and have something a bit more concrete, then I can sort of start moving forward again. But I feel as if I've been really lucky. I've had a lot of friends, a lot of support. To keep the project going up to this point um, and I can't really ask for any more not until it's more concrete and it's really going to happen and I, you know now I'm working at the NHS there's other options of doing it really 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 cheap so it's not what you know it's who you know but you know if anybody is out there who is wanting to help support an aspect of the work that I'm doing then please get in contact or write me an email my email's on the website, clinkshealthinitiatives.org. Um, 
stay in touch and I will get back soon um, with a new program on how to provide weekend testing because I believe that's the weakness that we're still facing in the UK is that you know in America you had a space where there was peer education you could speak to peers get tested get your counseling get your results and in England that's such a new concept that it's only starting to be piloted out now at a few clinics so watch your space best is yet to come do you know what um, some of the statistics are there, like with your infection rates in the UK? Do you know if they are like higher or, or lower than the US? Or um, it, at the moment, it's gone back to what it's you know what infection rates were in the 80s, so it's getting a lot worse. Um, it's really getting bad. Weighing all of the other sort of signposts of gonorrhea, syphilis, and chlamydia which indicate high risk for HIV, they've gone up like 150%, 200 in recent years. Um, the demographics of who's catching the virus is becoming more varied now. A lot of it is uh, prostitution. Uh, and it's the biggest group because I think a lot of it's to do with alcohol and drugs. Um, we've also got a high percentage of African American, um, sorry, South Africans coming over already infected. Um, and then accessing services here or not knowing their status and then come to the country and find out the positive. There's a high population um, of Africans living with the virus. So you've got Africans, drug users and prostitutes. They're the three main categories that really need greater support and help in the UK. Well, I think what you're doing is wonderful work, and I just hope that, you know, you get the funding for that because it's so important for the youth you know, all around the world, and if it's not, there's not a place like that now in the UK, I think it's important that there is a place for people to feel comfortable and, and to talk about the situations that they're dealing with when they're diagnosed. Me too, and I think joint partnership works the way to go now. The credit crunch, you've got so many different projects, they can be built under one roof, um, and sharing space, using different approaches, that's the way to move forward. And you, Robert, keep up the amazing work. Your show is fantastic. I really admire what you've done, and you've been an inspiration to me also. Oh, thanks, Clint. You're the man. <laughs> oh, you're the man. You, I know. I'm the daddy now. I'm 30. I'm the daddy. I'm 30. Oh, now, right? Don't even. Don't even. <laughs> come I'm on, Jack. Come on. I'm come on, 40. Jack. Show me who's the daddy. I'm 40, so don't even be bitching. <laughs> He's the granddaddy. <laughs> All right, Clint, thanks for calling in and sharing um, your story with us, and we wish you continued success. I think we just lost him now, and um, you can find out more information um, on Clint at healthinitiatives.org, or you could actually go to doeshivlooklikeme.org and search under U.S. Ambassadors, and you'll be able to find Clint's video there as well as my own, in case uh, you've never seen it before. Um, a great show, Jack. Yeah, really great. He's funny. I like him a lot. Yeah, Clint, uh, just, I know he's on hold because he got disconnected. That's all right. Well, we're, isn't it time to go anyhow? Yeah, it's time to go. So I want to thank Clint <laughs> for calling in. Uh, I just wanted to see if you wanted to say something last minute. Um, and you remember, you can join our fan site at www.posim.com. And, Jack, your information you want to throw out there for people? Uh, yeah, you can always check me out at jackmackenross.com or face, find me on Facebook. I kind of yeah. keep up with that, so it's all good. Yeah, you have a fan page there people can find, right? Yeah. Sounds good. 
Um, other All than right. that, next week we'll be back with Dad, and then the week when you come back, we'll be speaking with John Rutherford from Cult Studios. Oh, good. That'll be Sounds fun. Good. So enjoy your fashion week. <laughs> All right, babe. Bye from New York. Bye. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>